Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, all right. Welcome to everybody at our 288 campus, our Friendswood campus, Alvin campus, our Webster campus, our Pearland campus, our online campus, everybody, everywhere. Welcome to church. It is an honor uh, to worship with you today and to open God's word. That's always an honor in my life. So uh, we are... Let me say one, one, one thing before we get into the lesson. Um, this past week, we had men's breakfast gatherings at each one of our five uh, Houston area campuses. It was awesome, by the way. Thank you very much. But um, one of the things I believe that made it awesome was that every morning from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., a group of ladies got together, at least 20, sometimes many more than that, on Zoom and prayed. I don't mean they talked. They prayed the entire hour for our guys. Thank you, ladies, for... Standing with us. Wow. <clears throat> Pretty amazing. Anyway, uh, we're in a series we're calling Act Like Men. The title for our series comes from that verse right there, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, where it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Five commands in two verses, act like men, act like men, right in the middle with the four other commands around that we've have illustrated it like this on the wheel of a car. Thank you for that, Lord. On the wheel of a car, here it is, uh, four spokes surrounding the command to act like men. Uh, each one of these commands in, in equal importance uh, as we teach uh, so that we can have a smooth ride, you know, so that our lives can be balanced. Last week, we talked about Standing firm in the faith, the very first week of the series, we talked about being watchful. Today we are right here on be strong. This is another military term, as are the ones that we talked about before this. And, and uh, technically, technically, it's not just be strong. I'll explain this later on in, in the sermon today, but <clears throat> it's not just be strong because it's passive. It's a, it's a passive command, so it could probably be uh, translated like this, but this doesn't make sense in the English, but you understand it when I say it. It could probably be uh, translated as be being made strong. Be being made strong because this is not something we do. This is something that God does in our lives. And it, what a beautiful picture of our lives in Jesus Christ. He made us strong, but there's this continual uh, uh, emphasis that he has in our lives where he wants us to become stronger and stronger in our faith. Now, I want to show you where this strength comes from. I want to show you what God wants from us with this strength as well today. So <clears throat> if you have to be taking notes, here we go. God made men to be strong. That's what he intended. He wanted men to be strong. This goes all the way back to the very beginning in creation about which Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10. From the beginning of creation, God made them different. He made them male and female. And included in the differences are physical differences, which are absolutely 100% irrefutable. Here's one of those differences. You circle the globe, you go to cities, towns, even remote villages, you're going to find that on average, on average, 
men are bigger and stronger than women on average. Uh, the difference is about five inches in height. Um, I looked this up because I do my research. Uh, for the bench press, this would be someone who, this is not their first time trying to bench weight. You know what I'm doing here. I'm actually laying down, but I don't want to lay down to show you this. So you're laying down on a bench and you're pushing up weight. Not, not a pro, not an elite lifter, but someone who has done this at least a few times before. So not a beginner either. The average man lifts 100 pounds more than the average woman. Think about this. The... Uh, a, a, a male's thumb can be up to 30 times stronger than a female's thumb, which is why, guys, she brings you the jar to open. <laughs> I'm serious. That's it right there. <clears throat> so you don't look down on that. That's just the way God made men. It's the way that he made women. Think about this. Every single track record, whether it's uh, uh, speed sports like uh, uh, sprints or whether it's distance sports like marathons, every single track record held by men, held by men. Not a slam against women, and this is not a contest. It's just the facts or science, as we used to call it back in the 2010s. <clears throat> but the loud voices today want to erase gender. They want to do away with the differences or act like they don't exist. They want everything to be equal, not realizing that what they're doing in the process is doing more damage to women than it is to men. You go home, you turn on any game on your television, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, uh, even golf, and I will give you a dollar, a dollar for every time you see a woman on the field competing in those elite leagues against a man. I'll give you a dollar for every time you see a woman on the field competing against the men, and I won't lose my dollar. Because again, on average, men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And because of this universally known and scientific fact, years ago, we did the wise thing and began women's sports where women could compete against other women. And it has been awesome for our daughters. It's been awesome for our daughters. Thank you for that. Yet now some men who could not compete on the field with men have invaded women's sports and are capturing championships every week now, everywhere. Weightlifting, biking, swimming, all kinds of uh, championships in track and field. And it's only a matter of time. I'm telling you, mark, mark, mark today down. If things keep going as they're going, it's only a matter of time before some dude decides that he's a woman and wants to play on women's basketball teams in the NCAA and the WNBA and becomes the woman scoring champion. It's only a matter of time. And it's not right. It's not right. When, let me say it this way. When it comes to women's sports, men need to stay in their lane. Stay in their lane. Now, there's a reason that God made men bigger and stronger, on average, than women. And it's not so that our strength can be used against women. It's not so that we can dominate them on the playing field or in a street fight or intimidate them at home. God made men this way so that we can protect and provide. So that we can protect and provide. And... Uh, 
We are to protect. We're supposed to protect our wives. We're supposed to protect our children. We're supposed to protect those who are innocent and cannot protect themselves. God put that warrior spirit in us to be used when necessary. I have a video on my phone that I, I didn't. I was going to say, I came close to showing you in church today. I never came close to showing you. Um, but I wanted to show you. I wanted to show you, but... It's too intense. It's a, it's a video from Iraq. It's, it's uh, when ISIS was taking over everything. And there's this particular scene where an ISIS sniper had uh, decimated a group of Iraqi citizens who were trying to flee ISIS. And so they were, they were pinned down and the ISIS sniper had taken just about everybody out. Our special forces roll up on that situation. And there's three guys in particular, special forces on, on the US side. And they look over at the deceased uh, over against this retaining wall, and they see one little girl who's still alive. And so two of the guys, here's, here's a, I'll give you a screenshot at least. Two of the guys, and these are the two guys right here, Americans, went around the corner here, laid down cover fire. This is the retaining wall over here, the side of a building where a lot of deceased folks. And uh, these guys laid down cover fire for this guy right here. He ran out. He grabbed that little girl. He ran back across enemy fire, set her down right here on the ground. I don't know who was recording it, maybe somebody with a GoPro attached to him. So it wasn't a very good video, but when this person leaned down, you could see the little girl when the guy set her down, little innocent, beautiful little girl who just pulls her hair out of her face. And I said, thank you, God, for strong men. Thank you, God, for strong men. And you... And you guys need to know it. We, if it wasn't for guys like this, we wouldn't have the freedom that we have. Amen. We wouldn't have the freedom that we have. Amen. We need strong men. But I'm going to tell you the truth now. Culture hates guys like that. Culture hates them. But the world needs them. If we don't have them, evil will reign. So God made men strong so that they could protect. He also made them strong so that they could provide. In fact, God put it within the heart of men to do whatever job that they can do, whatever job that they can do. And sometimes those jobs are dirty and they're dangerous and they're physically difficult. And uh, most of these categories where the jobs get very physical or filled, you can do, you do your own research. <clears throat> it's like 99% are filled by men who do these dirty, dangerous, physically demanding jobs. And it's not the danger necessarily that attracts men to jobs like this. It's the fact that they can provide for their families. Yeah. I saw a, a, a picture a while back. It was actually two pictures side by side. And in the first picture, there was a, a group of men sitting on the ground eating lunch. And they were all dirty, kind of like this right here, but they're all sitting down eating lunch together. And then the picture next to it was a family, all cleaned up, but a family sitting around the dinner table eating dinner together. So you got the guys eating lunch together, all dirty. You got the family seated around the, seated around the table, dad, mom, little kids, eating dinner together. And the caption said this, some men, some men eat lunch like this so their families can eat dinner like this. Yeah. And we have a lot of New Hope men who work hard physically every week, and we don't look down on them, we thank God for them, for doing the jobs that need to be done to keep our nation going. 
I, 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 I know a lot of our families who come on Thursday night come straight from work. So we have a Thursday night service, if you don't know, 7 p.m. All of our campuses have a Thursday night service, and same service as the weekend, but um, <clears throat> Thursday just seems to, people seem to just come from work. A lot of folks just come straight from work, and there was one week where this dude came, and he is wearing uh, his overalls, his, his coveralls, reflective stripes on him, so he'd been working in a plant or a refinery or something, and he was kind of, he was kind of dirty, uh, not, not quite that dirty, but he was kind of, you know, uh, from working all day, and <clears throat> so I did what I do. I greeted him, and I say, hey, brother, glad you're here. And he immediately, he immediately apologized, and he said, sorry, pastor, I just came straight from work, didn't have a chance to get cleaned up. And I said to him, you never have to apologize for coming to this church in your work clothes, ever, ever. <laughs> Tons of guys get their hands dirty, making a living, and we need them. Amen. The world needs them. <clears throat> They make the world work. Now, what's interesting, forget about these guys for just a minute, okay? But what's interesting is sometimes our daughters are attracted to the, the rough, tough, bad boy, okay? I don't know if that's been a phenomenon in your house. You're like, what is up with you, girl? Come on, you know? But they're attracted to that rowdy on the edge guy, and I'm not saying it's wise, uh, but here's what I believe is happening. I believe that deep down inside that daughter believes that that guy's tough enough that he can handle anything. Like he, when he comes in the room, everybody cowers a little bit. She's like, I want that around me. I want that to protect me. I want, and if I can just get him a little bit disciplined, you know, <laughs> he'll make a good mate. Now she may not say that out loud, but I think that that's what she's thinking down deep inside because she wants a protector. She wants someone that's gonna be there for her and she also wants someone who kind of controls the room and, and can do a job and, and make some money and put food on the table. So I, under, I actually understand it, but um, and, and, and sometimes it works out. Uh, exhibit A, some of the guys in our church, you, you turned out to be pretty good guys because your wife discipled you. Thank you for that. But, <laughs> so we welcome, we welcome those guys, the bad boys that God got a hold of. Amen to that? Uh, but... Maybe we can tell our daughters, hey, just because a guy's well-behaved doesn't mean he can't bring it if he needs to bring it. Amen? All, all the good guys said? Amen. <laughs> so strong guys can be good. In fact, that is exactly, exactly what God wants. So God made men to be strong. Then number two. And he wants men to be meek, to be meek. Now, for some people, this doesn't make sense because they equate meekness with weakness. They think it's the opposite of strength. So what is meekness? Well, meekness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 has a list of fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Meekness is on the list underneath kindness and sometimes underneath gentleness, but it's the word there that can be also translated as meek. So it's in the list of the gifts that God gave to us to make us more like Jesus. But for many people, it doesn't sound very manly. I mean, men, if someone came to you and said, man, I appreciate you. And you said, well, that's kind, that's kind, but tell me what you're thinking, why are you telling me this? And they said, I appreciate you because you're just so meek. We probably wouldn't receive that as a compliment, would we? 
That's because many people think that meekness is weakness, but it really is the opposite. It's the opposite of weakness. In fact, Jesus said, Matthew chapter five, Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That doesn't quite make sense if you, if you think that meekness is weakness. Weak people inherit the earth? Seems like strong people would inherit the earth. And if that's what you're thinking, you're basically right, because what meekness is, is strength under God's control. <clears throat> strength under God's control. I recently heard this description. Meekness is those who have swords and know how to use them, but keep them sheathed. Meekness, okay? They shall inherit the earth. Jesus, of course, is our greatest example. We talked about this in the last series or the series before uh, from the book of John. <clears throat> he was not weak. He was strong, very, very strong. While he was here, he could have blown the place up. He could have started over again. He could have asked his father to take him away, and that would have happened. And, and then they could have just, just annihilated the earth, wiped everybody out, and started all over again. He had that kind of power and strength. But he took that strength and he put it under the control of his father. You see, that's meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is absolute strength. Strength, but under the control of God. So while we're putting things under control, under God's control, guys, we might as well talk about this one as well. Put your strength under God's control. Put your weaknesses under God's control. The Apostle Paul had what he called a thorn in the flesh. It was something physical, more than likely, we don't know for sure, but probably something physical. I believe that it was his eyesight. I think it was his eyesight. And I got two verses to kind of back that up, and I'm not going to go down a rabbit trail long, but I want to go down this one for just a moment. I believe it was his eyesight because of two things he said. One is Galatians chapter 4, verse 14. He said to the people at the church in Galatia, if you could have, I know you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Okay? Now, that's not something that you just say in casual conversation, correct? I've been preaching for a long time. How many of you have ever heard me say, would you please tear out your eyes and give them to me? I've never said that. Another passage that I think lends itself to this theory of it being his eyes as being his thorn in the flesh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 11, he says, you can tell that it's me writing, see the large letters that I use. So he's writing big letters. He, he did the first large print Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Hot off the presses. So I'm thinking that, that it was his eyes. And I can just see the Apostle Paul bent over with his nose practically touching the parchment as he's writing this note to the Galatians. And so here we go. He has something up with him. Again, we don't know for sure, but something up. He really wants God to take it away. And so he says, I asked God three times to take away this thorn in the flesh. Please take it away. Please take it away. Please take it away. And, and if you're thinking <clears throat> that he just said it three times, like I just did right there, then we're probably wrong. It's not like, hey, I asked God at 1030 this morning. I asked him at noon again. And I asked him at one. Still hasn't taken it away. So I quit. More than likely, this is three seasons where he went deep in the prayer and begged God. Please take this away. Please take this away, God. Then he gets this response from God. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? In weakness. So he comes to this conclusion. He says, therefore, I will boast about my weakness 
from this point on, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I know we've all seen people who have all kinds of talent and personality, and everybody looks at them and says, man, they're going to go far. God's going to use them in a big way. It's going to be awesome. But then they flame out because their weaknesses were not under God's control. But then you see somebody who doesn't look like they could do much. They don't have a lot of talents. They don't have a lot of gifts or abilities, at least that we can see. And yet God uses them in a mighty way to change their family, to change their community. And it's awesome to see. Here's why that happens sometimes. Because that person has put their strengths and their weaknesses under God's control. So listen to me today. If if you came to church today and you're kind of weak, fantastic. Because you are a perfect candidate for God to use in mighty ways. But what has to happen is you, you need his strength. You need his strength. So what do you do? You put your strengths and, his, and, and your weaknesses under his control. God needs us to do this. This is what that means. God needs men to be humble. That's how we put everything under his control. Now, pride is something that most men battle with, and that's not good because... Two different times in Scripture it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, if I was making a list of things that I don't need, this would be at the top of the list. I don't need God opposing me. How many of you don't need God opposing you? Yeah, you don't want that. I need God helping me, and that's what grace is. Grace here in this verse is not just saving grace, it's power for living. Everything that you need for everything that you're going through. And God will provide that, but he won't give it to us unless we get humble. If we're proud, we block that grace. Here's the deal. Like like, like if you have a room that's dark and you want to get rid of the darkness, you don't go into the room and then go like this. Get out, darkness, get out. You don't do that. What do you do? You turn on the light. And when you turn on the light, the darkness flees, it disappears. Truth be told, you can't get rid of your pride by doing this. The only way that you get rid of the pride is by getting on your knees before God and getting humble. It's almost counterintuitive a little bit. In order to be strong, you have to submit. You have to get low before God. And I'm going to tell you right now, God needs strong men. This world more than ever needs strong men. There are enough weak men in our world today. And weak men make this world a dangerous place. That's because weak men won't say no to anyone. Weak men won't stand up for the truth. Weak men won't dare rock the boat. Weak men fear people more than they fear God. But a strong man who's submitted to God will stand even if he's standing alone because he knows that ultimately he's not standing alone, that he's standing with the Lord. Now, I I know in many... I know in many churches there are way more women than there are men. Like it's like three, four, five to one women coming uh, between, uh, contrasted to men coming to church. And uh, I just want to go on record today and say I am so thankful at our church that we have a lot of men. We have an unusually high percentage of men in our church. Thank you, God, for that. 
And every time I see a man lead his family through the doors of the church, I know that heaven is rejoicing. I know that that family is going to benefit. I know our community is going to benefit because the world benefits when a man submits himself to God and to God's purposes. I got to see the most beautiful thing last week. You know, I get to see people baptized on a regular basis, but last week I saw a man be baptized by our pastors, and then the pastors backed up, and his this guy's wife came and stood in front of him, and then that man who was just baptized baptized his wife. She came up out of the water, she backed up, and one of their children came between the two of them, and then mom and dad baptized the first child, and then the second child came and baptized the second little girl, and it was beautiful. It doesn't get any more beautiful than that right there. <clears throat> Now, I told you at the beginning, the original Greek word for be strong is passive, <clears throat> which means that being strong is not something that we do. It's something that God does for us. It's something that, that we allow God to do in us, and the way that we allow him to do this in us is we submit ourselves to the indwelling of his power by getting humble before God, and then we allow God to fill us up. There's a story in the Old Testament. We've been, we've been talking about David and his mighty men a few times throughout this series. And <clears throat> at this point in the, in the text, I'm going to read it in just a moment. David is a young leader, but God is pouring out his favor on David, and he's got his mighty men with him. They're winning battle after battle against the enemy. But one day they go out to fight, and uh, the enemy circles around behind them and attacks their camp. So at their camp, they left left behind their, their wives and their children and, and, and their uh, valuables and all their belongings. So the enemy comes into camp. They capture all the wives. They capture the children. They steal all the valuables. They burn the rest of the belongings. And so David and his mighty men come back from a tough day of fighting. And what do they find? Their wives are gone. Their children are gone. Their valuables are gone. The rest of their belongings are in smoldering ash heaps with smoke rising from those ashes. And those men who had been out fighting immediately got very, very, very angry. And they're yelling, and, and the Bible says that all of a sudden they start saying, it's David's fault. They're like, it's your fault, David. You caused this. If it wasn't for you taking us this direction, you know, you, the enemy wouldn't have got here, and, and it's your fault. And so they start to change their tune even more. And somebody says, let's kill David. And so now he's got all these very skilled fighting men wanting him dead. I mean, what do you do on a day like that? That's a bad day, right? Everybody's turned against you. You've lost your wife, children. Everybody's lost their wives and their children. Uh, your valuables, you got no good answer. Everything is falling apart. What you need at that point is godly strength. Strength that comes only from God. So what did David do? Well, he did this right. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And I'm imagining that David kind of left the rowdy crew that was about to kill him, just went off a little ways, and got on his face before God, humbled himself before God and said, God, I need your strength. I need your strength. And God infused him with strength and gave him the grace that he needed. He got back up, he went back to his men, fired up, 
And he spoke to his men, and they got fired up. And together they went out and defeated the enemy. They got their wives and children and valuables back. They came together and had a party. That's what the Bible says. They had a big celebration. Where did things turn? Where did it turn? It was going south. It was going to be a very, very bad day for everybody. Where did it turn? It turned when a man got low before God. When a man humbled himself. Then God turned that situation around with the strength that he gave, and they got their families back, their valuables back. God did a work that day, but it happened because someone was willing to get humble. And today I'm going to ask the men of New Hope Church to do the same. In fact, at this time, at all of our campuses, I would like for our uh, campus pastors to come to the stage, Jeremy at, uh, Pastor Jeremy at uh, 288, Pastor Mike at Friendswood, Pastor Howard at Alvin, Pastor Andy at Webster, Pastor Jordan at Pearland. Just come up onto the edge of the stage, guys, and give them a hand. Give all of our campus pastors a hand. <laughs> now, in just a moment, these guys are going to pray for us at our campuses, but I, I want to do something, and we're kind of going on a limb here and taking a chance. But in a moment, when I say to our men, now, not yet, but when I say to our men, now, here's the, here's the deal. If you want to be strengthened by God, this is not for a show, and if it's for a show for you, just don't, don't, even, don't even do this, okay? This is for the guys who want to submit to God today, who want to humble themselves before God, who want to put their weaknesses and their strengths underneath God's control. And if that's you, men, then when I say now, I want you at all of our campuses, men, I want you to come forward. I want you to invade the stage. I want you to get all over the stage. I want you to get in front of the stage and just stand in the aisles if you need to. <clears throat> but let's fill up the stage first at all the campuses and then everybody else wherever you can get. And just stand there for a moment and then we're going to pass it over to our campus pastors and they are going to pray for us. But when your campus pastor says so, I want all of our guys to take a knee before God today. People bowing for all kinds of things nowadays. I'm just saying, hey, man, why don't we bow to God today? Why don't we humble ourselves before God today? So if you're, if you're willing to be humbled before God, to be filled back up with his strength, strength for living, all of our men at all of our campuses, I want you to come now. If you're out in the pavilion at 288, man, go right to the front of that pavilion as well. We would love to have you be part of what's going on here. Come on, all the way up on this stage, guys. guys. Fill, fill it up, fill it up. up. It up. To the 30 mighty men and talked about that, that, that terrible day for them. If you follow the course of that story all the way through, you find out that those 30 mighty men and David changed the course of the nation of Israel, and it exists today because of what they did. It, if God can change the course of a nation with 30 mighty men. Man, what can he do with the mighty men of New Hope Church? What can he do? And maybe the better question is what can't he do, right? All right, man, if you're ready to get low, let's take a knee before the Lord. I'm gonna pray over us. Lord, thank you 
Thank you for the men of New Hope Church, God, men who love you, some of whom walked into this place today with areas of their life where they feel weak. Lord, strengthen them. As David strengthened himself and you, strengthen them in that, that place or those places today. Some walked in in areas of their life where they feel incredibly strong. Lord, help them bring that strength under the humility, under the submission of Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to be, be strong and gentle. We want to be strong and meek to lead our families, to lead our country in the direction it needs to go in, to, to love our wives, to love our girlfriends, to, to raise our kids, to be the best bosses and the best employees we can be. But Father, we need your strength and we need to be strengthened in our weakness. Because God, what you're calling us to, we can't do in our own strength. Only by your grace. So God, thank you. Thank you for mighty men of New Hope Church who love you and will get low so that we can be used by you to change the course of whatever you've got for us. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing in and through us. In your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, guys, if you would go find, go find a seat. If you're already in your seat, would you go ahead and stand up? We're going to close service down with our normal time with prayer partners. So if you're sitting, go ahead and stand up, guys. If you'd go find a place where you, if you can kind of figure out where you came from to start with. It's like a, it's kind of messy up here. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. You know why? Because I think the men of New Hope are worth waiting on this morning, guys. Give it up for them. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us as a church, and then we're going to have some prayer partners up here. If you don't know Jesus, today's a great day to say yes to him today. Uh, if you just got something going on in your life that you want somebody, need somebody to pray with you, we would love to pray with you this morning. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in and through this church. Thank you for what you're doing in individual after individual after individual life. That, Lord, that's what it's all about. God, thank you for uh, this series and the blessing it's been to the church at large and the men in particular. Lord, as we go into our, our worlds and, and live in circles, our social circles over the coming weeks, may we lead as men who are strengthened in you and, and under submission to you as well. God, thank you. Thank you that you call us to great things and then you empower us to do them. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, hang around, have a hot dog, have a burger. I love you, New Hope. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to follow, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.